Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. This is part two of a two-part episode we're doing called Empowering Versus Enabling. This is an important subject. We hope you're blessed by part one. We know you'll be blessed by part two, so stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Use me, Lord, use me, Lord. Well, welcome back to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. This is part two of... Um, a two-part podcast that we're doing um, called Empowering Versus Enabling mm-hmm. and uh, focused on reaching abortion-minded women. Uh, but I really feel like these principles that we're talking about can go across the whole spectrum of Christian ministry. Really. Right, I agree. <laughs> yeah. I agree. And so even if you know maybe you're in pro-life ministry or whatever and you have friends that are in other ministries, mm-hmm. hey, share this with them. I think it'll be yeah. helpful. Yeah. I think the scriptural principles, I don't, I don't think we're— you know, that's smart, actually. We have God's Word that's a lot smarter than we exactly. are to tell us these principles. But Praise there are God some, for that. <laughs> yeah, amen, amen. Because if we were stuck with our own wisdom oh, and our own Word, we'd be, <laughs> we'd be, in, a, we'd be in deep doo-doo. Right. <laughs> um, but here we are talking about, before we, we kind of laid out a biblical understanding, a biblical case, and, and again, we're going to share some scriptures in this because we just can't help it because right. God's Word is so full of examples and so right. full of... Yeah. Uh, wisdom mm-hmm. that we want to bring those into it, but there's an article that you mentioned mm-hmm. and that gave some really practical things mm-hmm. to consider as you're considering whether or not you're enabling or or uh, empowering someone. Yeah, and that article, which will will link in um, in this article, because we talked about before how we're going to put this article on the Sidewalks for Life site, right. so there'll be a link to. To the that article, article as well. so the article on Sidewalks for Life will be linked in the show notes here in the podcast. Okay, and then this article will be linked inside of that article. Right? Wow, exactly. isn't that great? Yeah. Not confusing at all. Yeah. So let's <laughs> jump into that article, and there's five points mm-hmm. to this. Mm-hmm. And what's the title of the article? Um, it's called "Practicing Boundaries: Love Versus Enabling," and the author is John Townsend. Okay, so you can look that up if you guys want to read this right. article. And it's yourself. it's biblical. Yeah, it's a biblical okay. article. Yeah. So, um, so uh, the author uh, uh, poses five questions okay. that we can ask ourselves to biblically discern: Are we acting in love, compassion, um, empowerment? Mm-hmm. He doesn't use the word empowerment, okay. um, but um, but I think that is what he means. Yeah. Versus um, enabling. Yeah. Um, well, I like the fact that he uses love versus enabling because, you know, love, as we talked about in the previous podcast, can be equated with enabling, and it's not at all. It might feel, enabling might right. feel good, and you might feel like you're doing right. a loving thing. Right. The reality is, you know, I'm sure Rebecca, as we mentioned before, felt like she was doing the loving thing to put Jacob in a position where he could get the blessing. Right. Um, but she was not loving him, actually, because she right. was <laughs> leading him and and enabling destructive behavior right. for his future. Enabling yeah. unrighteous. Which, yeah. which that that First Corinthians thirteen passage tells us we should not yeah, do. That's exactly. not acting in love. Yeah. Okay, so the the first question, um, as we try to discern, are we uh, enabling or loving mm-hmm. and loving properly? Um, is are they unable? And okay, are they unable? Are they unable? Okay. Are those who we are helping unable to do whatever it is that we're helping with? Okay. And he, in that article, he talks about that it's it's important to contrast with that unable versus 
unwilling. Okay. So are they unable at this moment to work? For okay. example, a new mom with a brand new baby and five other children and childcare is a thousand a month. She might be unable at that period um, when she meets us to hold down a job. Yeah. Or does she have childcare through, you know, there are all kinds of childcare programs. Yeah. Um, and um, and she's not going to have that baby for eight months. She's newly pregnant. She's got tons of family support. Is she just she doesn't want to work? So is she un unwilling? Yeah. So um, the fir- we, first of all, we are commanded, and we'll we'll reiterate some of the, some verses that talk about um, that we are commanded to love and to carry each other's burdens. Here's a great one that says that specifically, Galatians 6.2, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Yeah, and the law of Christ is love. Anytime you see in the New Testament where it talks about the law of Christ, what's the law Mm -hmm. of Christ? The law of Christ is to love, to love one another and to to love God. Yeah, yeah. So, and in doing so... The way we do so, according to this verse, we carry each other's burdens. Mm-hmm. But we have to be careful that the burden that we're carrying is one that they are truly unable. Yeah, that to it's carry. truly actually even a burden. I mean, it might not be a burden. You know, it could, yeah. it, like like your example with you know finding a job. Yeah. You know, that's you know that that's an important part. Yeah. Of providing for a family is having a job and all mm-hmm. that other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've encountered women who simply just don't want to work. Who yeah. you know could hold down a, a decent job yeah. and could even get benefits, mm-hmm. but they know that they could do, you know, can, I can do Medicaid and food stamps, and therefore, mm-hmm. even though I have this skill set, right. I'm not going to employ it for, for the benefit of my family. I'm just going to... Yeah, you know, and that that gets able. into a whole other can of worms that we are not going to get into, no. <laughs> but, you know, does the government in their assistance programs, are they... Are they enabling or empowering we've certainly i've seen both i've, oh, yeah. I've seen yeah. the effects of government programs that have uh, i'll see whole fam. sometimes i'll go to these moms homes to do a baby shower or visit or whatever and i'll see five or six able-bodied men just hanging around during yeah, daytime hours and and, their, and, and, their and i i'm like <laughs> how 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 can this be how yeah. they have a home they have food where is that money come from? Nobody's working. Well, the money's coming from an enabling program. Yeah, yeah. In the government. And then, of course, we've seen we've seen the other where you know mm-hmm. Medicaid programs and and even food stamp programs can actually empower people. Right. Um, yeah. And to get into position, I, a lot of it depends on what we talked about before: the condition of the heart and you know the way the heart, the disposition of the heart. Is this one where I want to just be enabled, or is this one where I need some stepping stones? that will empower me to get into a better place. Yeah. And, of course, that's that's ultimately where the biblical truth and the gospel comes in, where these women are empowered by the gospel to have a change of heart, and then these things that could be used to empower or enable are actually used to, to empower. Right, yeah. So, you know, so in, in interviewing, and uh, we do kind of interview the moms that, that we work with to get a sense of what their needs are, this would be an important first step. Yeah. What are they unable to do that truly is a place of need? What are they unwilling to do that we may need to help them to take more yeah. self-responsibility? That's, a, that's actually a really good point. Yeah. All right, so what's the next point there? These okay. questions that we'd ask ourselves, if, hey, am I enabling? Am, am I empowering? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and that sort of thing. Okay, the second one is, are you resourced? In other words, do you have the resources to meet whatever the needs 
are yeah. of, of that mom. So um, the example that this author gives is if um, he's talking about a personal ministry as opposed yeah. to a ministry like ours, like yeah. Cities for Life. But um, personally, if it results in the inability to feed your family— helping someone else, well, then you're disregarding one of God's clear principles, that yeah, you are is, to take care of right, your yeah. family, provide well, you know, for your Ministries family. like Cities for Life are made up of individuals, mm-hmm. and a lot of our sidewalk counselors make, I mean, all of them, make sacrifices to be out there. And, th- yeah. and that's one of the things that I'll tell, because dealing with the issue of abortion, there are a lot of people that God gets a hold of their heart, and they're very passionate about this thing, and they're like, well, I want to come out Monday, you know, what day you want to come out? Oh, I'll come out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, <laughs> or are they open Sunday, too? Because I'll be out here then. And it's like, hold on, wait wait a second, you're, you're a homeschool mom of three kids, or four kids, or you're, you're a dad that has to provide for your family. Put the brakes on right. for a second. Right. Your first ministry is to your family. Right. And so I don't, you know, our sidewalk council, make sure they understand. If, you're, if you've got to neglect your ministry, your first ministry to your family, mm-hmm. in order to do this ministry, doesn't mean you don't mean, need to make sacrifices. Mm-hmm. You might miss a soccer game for one of your kids. You know, I've missed some soccer, some, some softball games for some of my kids because yeah. I have to be out there on Saturday because there's nobody else going to be there. I had to make sacrifices like that, but I got to make sure I'm not neglecting my family right. and make sure I'm not taking, you know, just a practical example of we've had sidewalk counselors take women who've chosen life into their homes. Yeah. And you really got to make sure that's something that, that God is in, that you're not mm-hmm. doing it based on guilt and that mm-hmm. you're not, and this person, maybe they could stay with a family member rather than stay yeah. with you because that's a big sacrifice. And it introduces a lot of other things rather than just a practical of having somebody else in your house. Right. But there's other risks that are involved. You know, a boyfriend who might be abusive might right. come over to the house one day and that puts your family in jeopardy. Right. So anyway, we need to make sure we have the resources and the ability and then we're not doing something outside of the scope of what, what we're really enabled by God to do. Right. <laughs> empowered, right. I'll say. Ex- empowered by God to exactly. do. Exactly. And and so the scripture that he he the author puts in there is a good one. First Timothy five eight. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is wow. worse than an unbeliever. So that's pretty You know, actually I think the King James words. uses infidel infidel yeah that's an interesting so word. It, it's really important and and implying that i i kind of took it a step further thinking well how would this principle be applied to a ministry as opposed to a family and all ministries i almost without exception are um strapped for finances and yeah, resources absolutely. and volunteers and if a single mother for example in our ministry in a pro-life ministry is sapping all of our strength all of our volunteers all of our resources yeah that's probably a, a dangerous yeah. um balance between yeah well practically enabling. speaking as far as we're concerned you know our ministry is to abortion-minded moms Yes. And that's you, we have our baby shower ministry, yeah. and it's sort of a supplemental ministry because we have other ministries that do that. But we do throw baby showers on a regular basis, yeah. and we have donations that are given to us. People give us clothes mm-hmm. and all these other things. And I've had, you know, over the past year or so or more, um, we've had women that have come to us because a friend of theirs had chosen life, and we gave, gave them a baby shower. And they come to us and say, well, I'm not really abortion-minded, but I need some baby items. And we have met some of those needs, but... We have to be careful because right. if our resources, if we're focused on abortion-minded women mm-hmm. and we give a resources that we would otherwise give to abortion-minded women who mm-hmm. might come along in need and we give those to women who are not abortion-minded, then we're sort of missing what God has called us to do. Right. Like, there are other ministries that can do that. Right. 
and we we need to do our best to stay in our lane, even though, you know, I feel sort of bad turning right. a, a mom yeah, away. Yeah, I do too. You know, but yeah, but we still, you know, we only have so many resources. Right, right. That's the reality. Yeah, and to use what God has given us as um, with good stewardship. We're yeah. to be good stewards of what he's given to us and to keep our focus on where he has directed as our purpose. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, the third uh, principle that he's, or question to ask yourself, do they have skin in the game? Okay. And what he means by that is the person willing to be a part of the solution. Are they going to help yeah. in, in solving their uh, crisis, in yeah. solving their problems, in making better choices, whatever, or... Are they just going to sit back, refuse to be a part of it, and just let you shower them with all the resources? And the author makes the point that um, if that person that you're helping refuses to help herself, then um, you are likely promoting what's called learned helplessness. Okay. And that's when someone has learned to let over others take over without offering any help for themselves. Um, they can become passive and give up. And mm-hmm. I tell you, I've seen that. I have definitely seen that. Not only do they become passive, but they then sometimes become, become um, almost as though, you owe this to me. You told me. Yeah, I yeah. have heard this many times that you said that if I chose life, you would help me. And if we don't keep helping them, they perceive that as a um, as that we lied yeah, about that yeah. we would help them. And so this whole guilt thing comes in, and you have to really analyze, well, I did say that, but at what point is it truly not help? Yeah. It is It is helping them to learn how to become dependent on someone else when they really need to be first dependent on God, but they also need to be responsible. Yeah, yeah. And we always do make sure that when we say we're going to help them, that we we pretty well define what we're talking about. We're not talking about buying everything you ever need in your entire life. We're not talking about, you know, sending your kid to college. You know, what we're talking about is helping meet your immediate needs. Here's how far we go. Even with the baby shower ministry, we make sure they know, hey, we want to give you up to two years of what you need for your baby. But that doesn't include diapers because, you know, number one, that'd just be impossible. Right. Number two, even if we did give you two years worth of diapers, you couldn't keep store it. it. <laughs> you Where couldn't would store you store it? it? Yeah. <laughs> but also, you know, it's, it's that would be, again, that would be a, a financial and logistical poss- impossibility. Right. <laughs> as far right. as that goes. Right. Um, so, and, and the scriptural support so that, you know, maybe we shouldn't feel so guil- guilty when it's not, we... It's when not we, the scripture that everyone quotes, God helps those that help themselves. No, is <laughs> which is not scripture. Which is not actually the scripture. <laughs> no, it's 2 Thessalonians 3.10. Okay. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. Mm-hmm. There is the principle that, um, you know... Uh, you don't work, you don't you eat. Don't, and, <laughs> yeah. and, you, know, you gotta have skin in the game. Yeah, you gotta have skin in the game, and I, I hear this a lot. Well, if you just, you know, just sit there and let God, let go and yeah, let, God. let go, let God. Well, that doesn't mean that they, that you do nothing. Yeah, yeah. God, God does give us bodies. That's like and when you when you need a job. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting on I'm God to lead me. God. Yeah. Have you filled out any applications for jobs? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm letting go and letting God. I, I'm putting this in God's hands. Well, right. no, God's putting it in your hands to get off your couch and go right. make some phone calls. Right. You know, looking right. for a job or or whatever. Exactly. Um. Also, you know, this kind of this skin in the game principle. Is, is this idea of, you know, we have this you know, within our ministry, and I'm sure other ministries have this, where they have the network of ministries yeah. and other, other ministries that can meet needs and all of that. Yeah. 
And we don't need to be responsible. I mean, sometimes we can make the phone calls and that mm-hmm. sort of thing, but we don't need to be responsible for making every connection and making every phone call. You know, we have a little resource guide mm-hmm. that we can go in and we can circle, hey, mm-hmm. if this is your need, call these people. You know, call these people. Now, some of those ministries we actually have to call ahead of time because we have the connection and they want to hear right. that this is a g- legitimate need that they right. can meet. But we need to kind of put some of the, some of it off on them, yeah. and, and they Absolutely. need to take some initiative. Yeah. And I think when we do that, and this is for any ministry, again, when mm-hmm. you when you do that right away, when you just right away put forth this idea that we're going to meet all your needs, we're going to do everything for you, then you're already opening the door for this enabling thing. Yeah. But if right away you start telling them, okay, here's the things that we're going to do, and here's the things that I need for you to do, mm-hmm. what that'll do, now, this is an important point, so what it that is. will do is that will give you a gauge for where they're at, mm-hmm. It'll also let them know where you're at and that you're not just going to be, be taken advantage of. And, you know, you'll find sometimes that if they won't do their part and you've done your part, then you just leave the ball in their court. Like, here, right. we've done our part. And so that, that'll kind of, I don't want to say give you an out, but at least, again, gives you a gauge of, of where they're at and whether they're going to be one of those people that's just going to try to suck resources out yeah. rather than actually do they actually want to be empowered. Yeah, and it's also, it's also protective of you because I know as a new counselor, I tried to do it all. Yeah. And I did enable. I'm very certain I enabled. I made all the calls. I would, I would drive hours to go make sure that I got them to wherever they needed to be, and I was burning out because yeah. no one can do that, um, not for very long, and not at, not as soon as you start following more than one or two women. Yeah. So, um, so it protects us if they have skin in the game, yeah. but it also protects them. <clears throat> yeah, it, it does. It yeah. really does. Again, this is about true love. This is about loving people to the Lord, right? Loving right. people in such a way where they learn not to come to you, right. but to go to the Lord. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so number four. And this is the one we probably struggled with the most. Okay, yeah, um, I don't like some but, of the language but, of this one, but right? It's, it's but a good but so let's here. talk about because it, 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 I think there is some validity in 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 what he's saying here. Will you feel cheerful, or will you feel reluctant, or under compulsion in your giving? And so this question, let me just preface that it is based on this scripture from Second Corinthians mm-hmm. nine seven. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. Yeah. And, you know, I guess I'm just not not crazy about the, the language and how do you feel about this. Because it's right. not really, because we talked about that previously, it's not really about feeling. It's about loving people and not getting a warm and fuzzy feeling. But right. the point here is that God loves a cheerful giver, and this should flow out of our heart, our desire to love God mm-hmm. and to love our neighbor. And, you know, we don't want to have this reluctance in because mm-hmm. here's what will happen sometimes. When you give reluctantly and you pour yourself out in certain ways in a reluctant way, you end up getting burned. Yeah. And you end up getting burned out. Mm-hmm. And and it doesn't help you and it doesn't help the person that you're you're trying to empower. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. I think and I think one of the points that I really um uh summarized what this author had said when I wrote the article and as I'm speaking to you all. But I think one of his points that he expanded upon is if you're feeling 
reluctance and you know that you're a giving person, you, you love the Lord and you, you're involved in ministry that gives to others, but you're feeling this reluctance in your spirit. Yes, you should check your heart. Maybe yeah. it is something that's wrong in your heart, mm-hmm. but it could be that you are overextending and God is giving you that sense of reluctance um, because you're doing too much yeah. for, for that person and you need to back off. And, yeah. and it, it might be, it might be yeah. um, something that's saying you're enabling rather than empowering. Yeah, and maybe, uh, you know, we're going to get on to the next point, point five, maybe a, a sixth point or maybe four B or four A in this point would be, you know, talking to other people, especially yes. people in your oh, family yeah. and saying, hey, do you yeah. feel like I'm enabling this person? Yeah. So, you know, uh, other people can help you and, and their emotions and their feelings that you're sharing this story yeah. can help them say, hey, listen, you're going too far with this yeah. person. You're being right. taken advantage of. Right. And, uh, you know, I know I shared in the previous podcast about uncles that yeah. <laughs> in my family that, yeah. are, you know, have been enabled. Uh, and it's like I've talked to fa- family members and like, hey, listen, don't you see you're enabling this person? Yeah. Like you're not yeah. helping out this right. person. Yeah, all of us have had family members probably right. who have been enabled by other mm-hmm. people. And you feel it's all because of guilt. Hey, he's mm-hmm. my he's my uncle. He's my brother. He's my sister. And we're she's supposed to provide sister. for families. Yeah, the Bible exactly. does tell us that. Yeah, but yeah. And we're not supposed to enable. We're not supposed to enable. And, and so, you know, getting other people's take on it. Yeah. can help as well. Hey, sharing yeah. the story with them, you know, obviously not getting into gossipville, but sharing mm-hmm. the story with them. Hey, what do you think about this? Am I enabling? Am I empowering? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would say even especially um, in in this context, t- talking to your pastor and saying, yeah. hey, because, you know, they have the ex- these experiences as well. Oh, and saying, I'm hey, sure. you know, Pastor yeah. so-and-so, I'm helping this mom and, you know, I've done this, done that, and yet she's asking me to do this, and I don't yeah. really know if I should. I feel guilty for not, but, you know, and that, that would be helpful as well, talking if to your, your pastor own, or church leader. Something I thought of as you were talking, because I think this, again, has been true of me at times, is if you're sacrificing your own health. Yeah. You're not sleeping, you're not eating, you're not taking breaks, you're you're consumed all the time. That's that's not good. Yeah. That you uh you know, you you do need to love yourself if you're going to be able to adequately love your neighbor. You you've got to at least be alive. So yeah. take care of your, right, yeah. take care of your health or you may be overextending. Yeah, absolutely. Um okay, number 5 I thought was the best <clears throat> one and that was the last one in this article. Is the outcome gratitude and autonomy or entitlement? And dependency. Yeah. Um, and that really, that point really speaks to the the whole thing of what we're even yes, talking about. It sure does. It sure does. Um, so, and I, again, I have seen so many times in the women I've worked with that ultimately, I guess I had enabled them, is they don't say thank you. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, you told me, I think I made that point earlier, you told me you would help. Yeah. And and then you you haven't done anything. And someone said that to me once, and we had literally helped with thousands of dollars worth of services. Oh, yeah. And when she said that, I was just taken aback. And that was the point at which I realized maybe we need, maybe well, we're enabling. It, it, if I remember <laughs> the, the story correctly, because I know the story you're talking about is, you called her out on that. You I said, did. Hey, I wait, did. Wait a minute. I know? listed. <laughs> yeah. I because actually it it made me angry. I hope it was that righteous anger. I didn't scream at her, um, but I uh, you know at I I felt at first a, a tinge of guilt, and then I thought, wait a minute, yeah. and I started listing from the moment we had met her till to that moment all the things that we had done, and she actually graciously then said. 
You're absolutely right. I'm sorry. You guys have helped me a lot. I'm just feeling really desperate. Yeah. And then we were able to have a conversation of how she could help herself out of that that desperate um, place. Yeah. But um, the the scripture that he provided was Matthew seven eighteen. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. In other words, if you've planted um, good things, you have in, you have um, promoted um, autonomy um, and and helped them to uh, to do for themselves in a godly manner. You're going to see good fruit. Yeah. If all you see is is ingratitude and dependence and increasing dependence, then that's bad fruit. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, one of the things is too. I mean, this is this is like key. But we live in an entitlement uh, generation. I yeah. mean, people think they're entitled to things. Yeah. People think that you know, even like the government. You know, when they get assistance from the government, like the government owes me. Right. And in that, you know, I'm do this, I'm do that mentality is hard yeah. to cut through. It is. It really is. Very cultural. Yeah. Yeah. Now, of course, the gospel can cut right through that garbage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've seen women's lives transformed. You hear, hear testimonies of people who've been transformed from this entitlement mentality right. to an enti- mentality of empowerment by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, so God can do it. Yeah, kind of one of the, I can't remember if it was his point or mine point, but uh, it's a good point, whatever it is. Um, uh, That if if the woman falls into destructive choices, that's key. That, again, she falls back into destructive choices, then the help being offered has become a source of enablement. Yeah. So that's kind of a a clue for you. That's a good gauge for it. Yeah. All right, well, let's jump into this, and this is going to kind of, this Close is our capping, capping our our um, our podcast on this subject. But okay, so it's the um, I thought it was just a really great biblical passage of um, of doing it well. Yeah. Of of doing uh, figuring out whether I'm empowering or enabling, mm-hmm. and um, our hero is Peter. Yeah. In this passage, and it's Acts three. So maybe yeah. this this is just to set the stage, and then you can take over with that. Peter is um, sees a man who has been lame from birth, and who asks Peter for money. Yeah. And and holds out his and, hand to receive alms. Yeah, and he's been getting he since birth. He's been lame, I believe. Yeah. Um, and so he's been, and he's a man now, and so he has been requesting. Um, funds, money for his entire life. And so Peter shows us what it means to empower, the goal of empowerment, and how to empower. Yeah. Yeah, and in the scripture, this is Acts chapter Mm 3, and it says that this man was here. It says uh, a certain man lame from his mother's womb, which he Mm -hmm. was lame from birth, uh, was carried, and uh, he was laid at the gate, beautiful, it's the name Mm -hmm. of this gate, apparently, and... uh, he was asking alms from those who entered the temple, and in verse 3, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for alms. He was asking for, for some money. Yeah. Um, and it says, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So it's like, hey, do I look like, you know, <laughs> I think about that sometimes, like, you're asking me for money? I'm broker than you are. You know? <laughs> it seems like maybe that's what Me with my what eight kids, like, really? I mean, Look at it, look at it. Yeah, that's right. I've actually told the homeless people that before. Like, I don't have any money. Listen, I got eight kids. I'm, right. I'm worse off. Which one of these kids do you yeah. want to take the apple out of the mouth yeah. of? Yeah, yeah. 
Anyway, that's a little bit funny there, but yeah. let's, let's keep on going. <laughs> and so he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something. So he's like, look at us. Hey, we don't have anything. And so he turns to him, and it says, Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. What I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up immediately. His feet and ankle bones received strength, and he began to leap mm-hmm. <laughs> and stood up and walked and, uh, and went to the temple with them. And it says, All the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew it was him who sat begging alms at the gate beautiful. And ultimately what happens in this scenario is this man is praising God. A miracle has just been done in the name of Jesus. And the Pharisees, the rulers, are not so happy at what's going on here. Now, the part that we're really pointing out is this guy's asking for money. Yeah. But what do, what do Peter and John do? It's like, well, we don't have money, mm-hmm. but what we do have, we give you. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, what does he do? He say, look how great we are. You know, he he could have done that. I mean, Peter's healing this guy who's been lame from his mother's womb. Right. He rises up. Well, he didn't do that. Yeah. He says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And then later on in the story, as this guy's praising God and they're being accused by the Pharisees of, of, of wrongdoing or whatever, he's using it as an opportunity for the gospel. He, yeah. he goes later on yeah. in, the ne- in the preceding verses talking about Jesus, pointing him to the gospel mm-hmm. and uh, pointing, to what, pointing them to what Jesus had done. And he's saying, you know, don't look at us. This was done because of Jesus, because right. of what Jesus has done, his power working through them. Yeah, and he ends that with, therefore, repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So he closes with a full kind of gospel invitation. Yeah, you know, to absolutely. Them. So there was a lot of principles when I was reading through this that I, w- I was thinking of, wow, this is really good mm-hmm. in helping me to discern between um, uh, enablement and, and actually biblical love. But one of the things he says, but what I do have, I give to you. And that really jumped out at me when you yeah. were reading it because um, – we can't give what we don't have. Right, yeah. You say that a thousand times to our um, our volunteers yeah. that um, what all of us should have, we may not have material wealth, we should have um, the Bible stored in our heart yeah. and, and a rich reservoir of understanding Scripture that we can then offer to those in need, yeah, and and um, and God it never asks us really to give what we don't have. Yeah, yeah. This is one of the things that I, that I say oftentimes. I say God never asks of you more than you can give. Yeah. He's not an Egyptian taskmaster asking you right. to make bricks without straw. Right. But what you do, what you are able to give, God will ask for. Yeah. You know, he asks for us to make sacrifices. Right. So we understand that. But right. He's never going to ask you to give more than you can actually give. And so again, that you know those principles before. If you're taking away from your family, mm-hmm. if you're neglecting that, if you're neglecting your own health, if you're mm-hmm. neglecting sleep or whatever, mm-hmm. then God's not asking for you more than you can actually give. He's not stretching you so thin that you're going to break. Right. And and to that point back earlier do you feel reluctance? Well, I feel joy when God asks something of me that I know I've got inside Mm -hmm. of me, or maybe it is a resource, but usually it's something inside of me, and I know I've got that to give to them. It's like, you can't hold me back. I'm filled with joy. Even if it's a sacrifice, it's still a joyful sacrifice. It's still a joyful sacrifice. So, um, so 
I, I wrote out what I thought were the, the principles of compassion versus enabling, love versus enabling. Yeah, it comes right um, out of this, this passage it, of Scripture. That right from this passage of Scripture. So, yeah, let's, let's touch on those real quick, and then okay. we'll wrap this up. and then we'll wrap up. it up. All right, so give what you're able to give. Mm-hmm. We just said get, God is only going to ask you to give what he has enabled you to give. Yeah. Um, secondly, determine what are the desires of the one you intend to help and discern what are the true critical needs? Yeah, There's yeah. A difference. So they might have some sort of uh, surface level, like his was a surface level need, money, whenever really the deep need was, if he could have strength in his feet and his ankles, he could walk and he could actually work and you know, he'd be like giving somebody fishing lessons rather than giving them a fish. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Um, number three, sometimes what is asked for is not healthy. And should not be indulged. Yeah. You know, when we meet a mom on the sidewalks, we one of the first things we do is is say, whatever you face, we can help you. Mm-hmm. Now, we're not going to solve everything, but we can help. And But sometimes when, when they come and, and they start listing their obstacles, some of what they face that they have listed for an, as an obstacle that they want solved is actually not a healthy need or desire. And is it enabling... Um, or loving yeah. to to say yes, we can meet that need, that need that you shouldn't have and shouldn't express because it's not of God. Yeah, yeah, like you know? for example, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm pregnant, but uh, I smoke and I need a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> right. That's an extreme right. example, but right. we're not going to help with that need. As a matter of fact, it's not that's really a need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, that's an extreme example. I don't think we've ever faced that, but <laughs> um, well, I that actually yes, I have actually faced that. Okay. Where, where there was asked asked for money for cigarettes yeah. specifically, yeah. and it's like no. <laughs> you're pregnant, no, number I'm one. Sorry. Number two, cigarettes are horrible even if you're not pregnant. <laughs> um, this is a really important one, probably the key point, I think, in this passage. All love and compassion should ultimately result in the per- person turning not to you, but to God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think we've we've seasoned this whole thing with that, that yeah. point that it needs to be not cities for life that's meeting your needs. Right. It's the Lord. Yeah. It's, it's God, and it's God through his people. Right. But it's God, ultimately, you need right. to be coming to. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's awesome that you know Peter, of course, full of the Holy Spirit, does that. Points him to Jesus, not to himself, not right. to John, not to you know anything, but, but to Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so the last two points really kind of relate to that. You should give all glory to God for anything offered to others. Yeah. Again, it's not me, Vicky, that has helped anyone. It's the Holy Spirit living within me, and he's used me. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, it, the glory all goes to God. And um, one of the, just kind of a side note, one of the um, the struggles, I think, of any anyone in any ministry, but I do think in, in a, a tough ministry, like being in front of an abortion center, for example, trying to con- convince abortion-determined women that they shouldn't kill their babies, there can be a lot of discouragement and a lot of what looks like failure. Yeah. I talked to a woman, um, a couple, yesterday, a full hour a yeah. whole hour. My voice was was breaking. I was. I gave everything I had, and they ended up going in. Yeah. They ended, now they they actually had. If you have a good reason, which I don't think there is a good reason, but it was a pretty compelling reason to abort. It was. I got it. I understood it. Yeah. I still disagreed with it. Yeah. Um. But I've. You know. You. It. I think it's almost impossible for us humanly to not feel like. What could I have done? Yeah. I have failed. But I think this principle, all glory goes to God mm-hmm. in the victories, but really all glory goes to God in what 
is perceived as a failure as well. It's not us. Yeah. He he empowered us to do whatever we did, and if we did it to the best of our ability, he he's he's the one that's responsible for the results. Yeah. And ultimately, when it, what looks like win or loss, we know God is glorified one way or another. Maybe even in just how we comported ourselves yeah. in that interaction. Yeah. And then the last one, your compassion should be a testimony to others of the power, love, and hope of God. Yeah. And, uh, and I think a nice closing verse, Matthew fifteen thirty one. So the crowd marveled as they saw the mute speaking, the cripple restored, and the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. Yeah. And all those acts of compassion, the end result was that the people glorified God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to end. So hope this podcast was a blessing to you guys. Um, if you you know have any questions about anything we've talked about and, uh, and want to connect with us, you can always connect with me at dparks at citiesforlife.com, vcassiorg at citiesforlife.com if you want to connect with Vicki. Um, go to our website. We'll have a link in the show notes of this article on the Sidewalks for Life site, and you'll be able to, to breeze through this article yourself. And I think it'll be a blessing to you. If you have any suggestions for other podcasts, any subjects you'd like for us to cover, you know, we focus on sidewalk counseling a lot because it's what we do. Mm. But we also hope it can be broad enough. The things Mm -hmm. that we talk about can be broad enough to to speak to pregnancy center workers and directors and speak to people in whatever pro-life ministry or just pro-life people in general. If you're if you're, uh, you know, just thinking about pro-life stuff. I hope mm-hmm. these, are, these are a real blessing to you. So share them with other people. Share them with people in your circle. Share them with people on Facebook. You know, you can grab a link from iTunes or, or from the podcast app if you're using um, Apple and other podcasts. You know, you can get a link. There's a share button somewhere mm-hmm. where you can get a link, and you can share that on Facebook and say, hey, this podcast was a blessing. Check it out. Um, because the more people that get this information, you know, I believe the more people will be blessed and be empowered to empower other people to ultimately bring glory to God, because mm-hmm. that's what it's all about. It's about glorifying Jesus, about drawing people to Him. It's not about us. It's not about Cities for Life or any other ministry. Mm-hmm. It is about the Lord Jesus. And so with that in mind, we appreciate all those who listen, and we appreciate your time. And, uh, and until next time, God bless. for love Give me an outlet for gratitude I know it will cost me my life Nothing's too precious since I met you